0: Well, welcome to the Jones Collective, and today I'm joined by Dale Coots. Dale, look, you're best to tell us about you. Tell us the Dale Coots story.
1: Well, uh, let me start with a short story, if I can, please, Suzanne, and thanks very much for inviting me in today. Um, the short story uh, with the Dale Coots um, is all about this. Um, left school at a very early age and then got a job, like most young people do, and then thought, well, this would be great. Let's just keep moving on, moving on, moving on. And um, I liken it back to the um, the story, the castle, and uh, you've seen the movie, the castle, <laughs> yes, y- yes, haven't you, Susan Yes, yes, I have. I've seen so I like the movie, the castle, because it's a little bit ochre, it's a little bit out there, and it's a little bit confronting. And what it does is it actually helps you um, be comfortable being uncomfortable. And the lead character in the movie is Dale. And um, when I give presentations and do those sorts of things, I normally say, When well, my name's Dale and this is my story. So, uh, so we'll go from there. Do you get and a I, laugh for that? I always get a laugh for that. <laughs> and the other thing I always say is Dad always said I was a bit special um, <laughs> as one of those lead lines from the movie. But from that very early time... Uh, And working for, you know, four years in a role. There was just an entry-level role and it was, you know, where it was. But you soon realise that you need to make some changes in your life and that if I keep doing this for a number of years, it's not going to really be the outcome that I'm looking for. So then what I did is I went into some other roles and then I got into the corporate world and the corporate world as fantastic as it is um, can be pretty limiting as far as or it's, it's what I would say mostly a one-sided relationship where they have you um, and you are their servant and yes they're happy to pay you really good money but at the end of the day you're just working for them. So that got me really confronted because I had a fantastic mentor at the time, um, Paul Hine and, um, and Brian Palmer, who were um, really good mentors and doing some, some work within, um, within the business. And uh, at, at that point, I thought, I've either got to do one of two things. I'm either going to be staying in corporate or I need to get out of corporate and then um, do something. So I was very fortunate that I had the courage to make a decision to leave the corporate world, which was the best decision I ever made. And I say that to lots of other people that have escaped corporate life. Um, So then I thought, well, what am I going to do? And then I got uh, involved in business consulting. And from there, I really um, had the, uh, the corporate epiphany and the business you know, epiphany of I want to be a business owner and I want to get out and make some stuff happen and I knew some people that were doing some business consulting, business coaching and then I um, made contact with them and uh, from there it all changed and, you know, the number one thing that got me changed and changed my mindset was, um, you know, pre, pre a particular point in time I was probably blaming lots of people for where I was, I was making lots of excuses and it one particular point, I think I was just in denial of where I was up to and what I was doing. But so, what
0: age group are we looking at here? Were you? So,
1: it would, oh, I would have been about 22, 23 mm. at that particular point in time. Um, so, lots of young people I see now are in this blame, excuse, denial, um, or BEAD is what I call it. That BEAD acronym, that blame, excuse, denial acronym um, of you know. It's either you know, mum and dad haven't helped me out enough, um, someone else has always got a better education than me, um, I don't have a problem, it's the west, rest of the world that's got the problem um, type denial. So um, what that does involve is you having a good hard look at yourself and the, the real confronting part of having a good hard look at yourself is you don't necessarily like everything that you see. But what you have to do is say, well, if I want to improve, if I want to um, do some different things in my life and get a different result, then I've got to do something different. And one of the scariest things I talked to business owners about and that I had to do myself was take ownership, be accountable and take responsibility for what I was doing. So there's no point blaming you. There's no point blaming school teachers. There's no point blaming my mum and dad. There's no point blaming anyone but me.
0: But when it comes to that stage, is it like crisis point or can you get there to, you know, the guts to tip over and make that change? What can drive you to that?
1: Well, I, I think there's a couple of things there. Um, yes, you have to be, um, you have to be confronted. Um, at the same time, um, there's a flip chart that I, uh, that, I, that I use and that gets sent out to um, some, of my, uh, some of my clients. But it's about, it's a formula for change. And for me, the formula for change is pretty simple. Yeah, if you are not totally dissatisfied with where you're up to, you will never change. Okay, so i say to business owners, how unhappy are you in in your business? They go, oh, well, I'm sort of a bit unhappy. I say, well, if you want to make some real massive changes to your business, you've got to be totally dissatisfied and you've really got to want some change. So step number one in, in change is dissatisfaction so how dissatisfied are you we've got to be pretty damn dissatisfied so that can be uh, no I wasn't depressed I was just really confronted and I knew I had more to offer I knew I had a set of skills that no one had seen and I probably didn't quite realise but I knew I had to give it a go and if you don't give it a go then you're going to die wondering and if you die wondering you're going to die miserable Okay, so from that point of view um, that, that was what got me started so it's one thing to have the dissatisfaction The next thing you need to do is have the vision. So what do I want? What do I want this new life to look like so I knew what I didn't want it to look like continue 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 um, So what's the vision well? I want to get involved in doing some I want to get involved in helping businesses because that's what I did in my corporate life and from there um, well, what do I want my new life to look like or my new career to look like? Um, so, you know, is it um, a franchise? Is it work for yourself? Is it go and work for someone else? What is that vision for your business? Now, all of that is fantastic. So you've got your um, dissatisfaction, you've got the vision for what you want. Where most people fall down is the first steps in the ongoing plan. So you've got to have a bit of a plan for where you want to go and what you want to do. Oh, so, it just doesn't happen. No, it just doesn't happen. So wishful thinking um, is not a good strategy. So the magic wand, Um, that's Hope hope is not a good strategy. Um, She'll be right, mate, is not a good strategy, which is what I see in a whole lot of business owners, um, in working with business owners one-on-one. So those three steps, dissatisfaction and the vision, plus the first steps need to be greater than your resistance. And if you can do that, then you can change. So the resistance is, you know, I use the example of a smoker. Um, someone wants to give up smoking. As an ex-smoker, and I'm, I'm sorry to say I am an ex-smoker. So I'm, I'm glad to say I'm an ex-smoker. I'm massively dissatisfied with the fact that I abused my body for a number of years. But if you want to be a smoker, at some point you'll go, oh yeah, look, I'm just going okay, it's, you know, it's okay, I, I, I can give up easy, or um, yeah, I could give up tomorrow, but at some point you'll want to give up, and you'll be totally dissatisfied with that terrible feeling you have in the morning, or that terrible headache, or that terrible breath, or that terrible huffing and puffing. Um, if your vision of well what does a what does a non-smoker look like it's not what I look like now Uh, which is you know pretty lean pretty fit but what it is is I would rather be anything but a smoker so that was my vision anything but a smoker I don't care whether I put on 10 20 30 kilos as long as I'm not a smoker that's my vision Uh, And then from there, my first steps were, well, what's the next 30, 40 days going to look like? Not the next day or the next week. And how am I going to handle situations like going to a hotel, someone's offering me a drink and then drinks a trigger and then next thing after drinks, a cigarette and the next thing after cigarettes, a packet of cigarettes and the next thing I'm buying a carton and the next thing I'm a smoker.
0: So it's dealing with one thing at a time.
1: One thing at a time, yep. And that's part of what I do and that's how I work with business. So once you overcome all of that... Um, you then get that, um, that change. And it's also persistence. Um, I am really glad to say that it took me four efforts to give up cigarette smoking, okay? Um, so it's, so I, I went for 12, 13 months without a cigarette and then took it up one day again. And then I did that a couple of times before I thought, this is really silly. I know so, I can do it in the process.
0: So it's okay to actually fall back to an old habit during that journey as long as you, know, you can still pick yourself up, it's not the end.
1: Well, it's about being, so, so there's, small, there's small hiccups along the way. So um, most people with a small hiccup go, oh, that's it, throw their hands in the air and next thing, you know, they're back, on the, they're back on the cigarettes or they're back on the junk food or, you know, if it's dieting or whatever it might be or if it's health or fitness, you know, they go to the gym and then all of a sudden they miss a week and, you know, jump on the scales and they go, well, oh, hang on, I've put on a kilo and, you know, that's the end of the world. So it is about that persistence also. So one of the big things I see with business owners is a lack of persistence and a lack of an ability to you know resist doing the things that they know they shouldn't be doing. So yeah, so that that's um, that's so making that change from blame excuse denial, probably a little bit of anger in there on my part as a you know as a as a young person younger person to getting the mirror. Holding up and, you know, and physically looking at yourself in the mirror going, I do not like that. I don't like that person that you are. You've got a whole lot more to offer. What are you going to do about it? It's pretty bloody confronting. Let me give you the tip. But it is also one of the most empowering things I've ever done is to say, well, good, it's not that teacher's fault. It's my fault. It's not up to them to make me a good student It's up to me. Um, I take responsibility for being an interesting student at school. Um, And then you take that pain that you have over a number of years of that blame, excuse, denial game that you've sort of played and say, well, good, I've got a choice. I can either play above the line or below the line. Um, and I get to do that every day. I could have not made the trip down here. I could have phoned you up and said, "Listen, Suzanne, it's a great day in Ballarat. I'm going to stay down in Ballarat and not come down doubt here it. today." <laughs> Sorry, doubt it. <laughs> um, you know, so so that it, you know, so we all get to make that choice. Um, I did a team session just the other night with uh, with a business and their team, and you know, all the excuses can't start coming out, but. We're not tuned into what's excuses, so we start to tell ourselves that what we're saying is all okay. You know, a business owner saying to me, look, I don't have a stock issue, I just haven't got round to fixing it. I said, well, you've only got $300,000 worth of stock issues, and you've had six months to get off your backside and do something about it, so when are you going to do something about it? Oh, I'll not make an excuse. I said, well, I reckon you are.
0: It's Too hard.
1: Too hard. Doesn't know what to do, you know. Go through this, you know, dissatisfaction. Time, so it's obviously yeah. not dissatisfied, but when it comes off his bottom line, he's got to fork out two hundred grand for dead and slow stock. Well, then he'll have another, you know, he'll have another, another bit of dissatisfaction right there. So that's the that's the uh, that's the Longdale story. I think I'm not sure. Whether, I was <laughs> no, meant to be short, but that's but, sort of it. Yeah.
0: But what? Uh, let's unpack some of this too, because when you talk about that in the workplace and in your career. Um, and and you've got those challenges that you've got to face and when you said about giving up smoking you know I don't care if I put on weight because you know that might be a side effect because this is my main goal in the workplace though looking at you holistically and you're making change is it also making change across your life as well or do you just take career first then I'll look at my relationships and things outside work or is it all taken in at one go pull off the band-aid
1: well I I think both personal and business just go so, so hand in hand and I I talk to business owners about being business fit and being like personally fit. So you know, being business fit is doing the right things in the business, it's making sure you've got the systems, the processes, making sure that the team are doing what they're meant to be doing, uh, making sure that you know what the numbers are, making sure that you've got the budgets, making sure that you've got the sales, um, the stock and uh, the computer systems. That's that's sort of like being business fit. you can be a good leader and, and not be a mindful person and not be um, super fit um, and, you know, be an okay dad or an okay mum. But I find if that, that physical activity and what that releases and the thinking that goes along with that makes you be a better husband, a better wife, a better dad, better mum... It makes you be a better leader. Um, it opens you up to different thinking. It also allows you to reflect a lot more. So if you're in touch with what's going on in your life, it allows you to reflect a bit more. Um, it allows you to ponder. It allows you not to be, you know, the dictator boss or not to be the, uh, you know, the, the direct. You know, boss that might not be the nice person to work for. So, for me, it's holistic. You can ha- you can be a great business owner, but then if you walk out the door and then you're not nice to family, well, then what's the point of being a good business owner? Um, I think the two go hand in hand when it comes to that. Yeah.
0: So you touched on uh, fitness. Yes. So you're speaking there too about being physically fit as well. Yes,
1: absolutely. Yes. So um, that's not everyone's cup of tea. And my idea of physically fit versus everyone else's idea of physically fit. Is probably um, chalk and well, cheese because you've done a few marathons. Uh, well, I've done a few triathlons. A triathlons. And triath- triathlons. I'm a triathlete. I'm a diehard triathlete, and that's all fine. But um, so, so when I talk about physical um, fitness, you know, it doesn't have to be a marathon. It doesn't have to be an Ironman triathlon. It doesn't have to be an Olympic distance triathlon. It's got to be something though. There's got to be some form of exercise that will, you know can be Pilates, it can be yoga, it can be mindfulness, it can be whatever you want it to be. But I just think that makes you a better person in your personal and in your business life. Yep.
0: Now, we're taking on, we look at it and we look in the mirror and think, okay, I really need to change a few things. Now, (laughs) we could be a bit critical on ourselves and suddenly it's this, this and this and this that we need to change. Where do we start? You said the plan. So... What's the steps in that plan? So,
1: for me, um, is just start writing. You know, I I, I like to use the positives and the negatives. So what am I happy with and what am I not happy with? So what am I dissatisfied with? And I think if you start with that list, you have then got an opportunity to say, well, okay, what do I need to do with this? My idea of a plan is, whatever the key point is, what's the four steps that are gonna make that better? So. It's not like you need 47 steps to give up smoking. Okay. It's not like you need 47 steps to get fit. Um, if I could just go back, and uh, it won't take me too long to find it, but one of my uh, one of my very favourite flip charts is small change. So, so uh, let me just have a quick look here if I can, please, Suzanne.
0: Oh, yes. Small... I like the fact that you refer to it as flip charts.
1: <laughs> well, I send these out every week, you see, and I'm just... So, massive, small change. I've just got to find it here. Sorry. I'm fine. I can't find it, but I've got it. Um, so back to, um, back to how do you make that change. Um, big problem by small change equals massive impact. Okay, so you can have a really big problem. You don't need to make 47 changes. Just a couple of small changes or a couple of points can have a big impact. Okay, so what's an example of that? Let's go back to the fitness. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Big problem is um, I want to lose a kilo or two. Um, So for some, they might be overwhelmed by, well, what do I do? How do I go about that? So big problem, I want to lose a couple of kilos. Um, The small change might be, let's just start walking four times a week, three times a week, two times a week. Let me do that for a month. Rather than I'm going to exercise every day for three hours and, um, you know, not be able to walk in two days time and then you'll give up a couple of days down the track. So the small change is just a small change in your weekly activity, not in your daily activity. But let's say let's go for a walk two times a week the next four weeks. Then you might go four times a week for the next three weeks. Then it might be run jog. Um, or walk jog whatever that might be so you're only doing a couple of things there then all of a sudden um, it might be the 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 next point might be manage food intake so one of the things I learned pretty quickly from giving up cigarettes to trying to get pretty fit pretty quick is that what goes in your mouth has a pretty big impact on what goes around your guts okay so um, it's about moderation um, but moderate intake and moderate output as far as exercise will get you a pretty good result most of the time i am must have pretty good metabolism because i can eat a fair bit and burn it off but i'm doing a fair bit of exercise but if you think about that um, big problem small change equals massive result just think about that as a you know as a two or three maximum four-step process
0: and in the business world then
1: Same scenario, Suzanne. It's just, um, so, um, I don't know. Give- uh, It's
0: time too for what you're saying is, give yourself the time to make those changes as well. So it doesn't all have to be whack. Nothing's ever overnight.
1: Yeah. So, So here's what I can tell everyone out there listening. There's no golden goose, no golden egg that just makes things successful. It's persistence. It's slow, steady, work the plan plan the work, however you want to say it, whatever the acronym is or whatever the saying is from whoever the person was, um, it's not rocket science. It's just do what you do really well and just follow the process and go from there. So, yeah. So, um, uh, you know, in business there might be a problem. You know, you use the time one. So um, let's say uh, I'm working with a business owner that might be working 80 or 90 hours a week. Now, my world is I could think of nothing worse Mm. than working – any more than 40 hours a week to be honest it's like I just you know I'm not working to make a squillion dollars and be the richest man in Babylon I am working for to have a life so I can do some training and go and do some events and be fit and healthy um but if you go back to the, you know the big problem is I'm working lots of hours Dale um how can you help me do that well you know what systems do you have in the business um what authority have you given your people? Um, let's improve the authority. Let's improve the systems. Let's see what the results are. So, all of a sudden, you do two things and you should be able to buy yourself more time in the business. Um, I also say to business owners that are like that. So, are you a control freak? You know, mm, are you the yes. only person in the business that trusts yourself to do something? And if that is the case, well, then why have you got, you know, 10 people in the office that you're paying, you know, 10 or 12,000 bucks a week in, um, in wages to sit and watch you do all the work? So who's the silly one there? So come on. Again, how go. How dissatisfied are you at working 90 hours a week? So why are you working 90 hours a week? Is it because you don't want to go home? So let's have a talk about that. Ooh, some of those
0: questions would uh, hurt in some cases.
1: Well, I would um, So my role is to actually, you know, my role in a business is to help people get where they want to get to. Mm. And to get to the bottom of what the what the issues are. And you can't do that by being nice. You, you do that by being open. You do it by being direct. You do it by being respectful. But um, you do it by having tough, open discussions with business owners that they probably don't have with anyone until you ask them a few of those tough questions.
0: Those crucial conversations.
1: Uh, absolutely.
0: So going back to that, when you were talking about the tough questions and some especially in private businesses that have started up they don't have the performance reviews they don't have those checks and balances that you may have gone through in the Mm -hmm. corporate world and in the normal process so therefore coming in and being that straightforward and that blunt to them is something perhaps that might take them a bit of time to sit back and go wow i do have to
1: self-analyse yes um Normally, when I uh, get asked whether either come into a business or get referred into a business, um, there's some sort of dissatisfaction there at a particular point. So, you know, I go back to that, our, our first discussion, what gets you somewhere? Well, you've got to be dissatisfied. Um, I don't get introduced to too many businesses that say, I don't know what you're doing here. Everything's fantastic and <laughs> I'm making a squillion dollars and the team is fantastic. I don't get too many of those. There are some of them out there, and that's fantastic. They're not my target market. Um, But, uh, but, you know, successful businesses might be making really good money but might be working too many hours. Successful businesses um, might have a really good team but not good leadership. Um, so, you know, they're, they're still making good profit. So, um, so yeah, so I think it's, it's about that at some point you've got to be dissatisfied.
0: Mm. And going back to those questions, though, so... What, yes. Has there been sort of um, common questions or common things that come up, issues in businesses?
1: For me, there's probably four common mm. things that happen in business. Um, probably, th- yeah, probably three. It's about people. So the, the common dissatisfaction in business is people. And that is, um, I don't know whether I've got the right people in the right roles. I don't know whether I've got productive people and I've got no way of knowing whether they're good or bad or how to recruit people. So, you know, so the the people factor in business is a pretty big one. Um, The next one is what I call profit, um, which is – and and profit slash financial is I'm making – I'm turning over good money but I don't know whether I'm making any money. I'm making good profit, but I want to grow my turnover so I can make more money out of that. So it's about knowing what drives the business and how to make more money out of business. And a lot of business owners out there are what I would call technicians. So they've got a skill. Um, They start with that skill. So the plumber is an example, Um, starts as a plumber. Um, He's good at fixing the taps. He's good at digging holes and you know laying pipe and putting a bit of scoria on it and topping it over and making sure that things flush. Um, when he first started in business, he was only ever a, a plumber and put doing the technical work. He wasn't doing the marketing. He wasn't doing the sales. He wasn't doing the people. He wasn't doing the admin, getting bills sent out and getting invoices and the cash flows, those sorts of things. So um, that's when I talk about the finance side or the profit side of business is knowing what drives that there. And then the final thing is just the productivity so just the workflow the systems the processes um, and that's the time issue you know um, so productivity is all about time so it's just making sure who's productive who's got to do what by when how um, is someone going to be held accountable to that and just making sure that the key things in the business are going to be updated and going to be done and that someone's holding them accountable
0: so it's also with those three to four top um, common issues mm-hmm. It's not where the business then goes, okay, we have to recruit for someone to do that all the time. It's when you can come in and make a difference because with the experience across so many different sectors, that's where you can apply that and get them back on track. Yeah.
1: Well, the first spot for me, Suzanne, is looking at the numbers. Um, One of the things, uh, I was not very good at maths. But one of the things uh, that I was really weak at was maths and it cost me a couple of jobs in my corporate life because I didn't have a significant set of skills in that area. So I made my weakness my strength. Um, Instead of blaming people, I said, let's take ownership, get some skills in this area. But one of the things I can tell you is numbers don't lie. So if you are looking at some numbers and it says we are in the red or we're in the black and it's a big number or a little number, that's the number. So once you know a couple of ratios and a couple of formulas, you can soon work out whether you can afford an extra person, whether your current team are being productive as far as, let's say, income per employee or profit per employee. You can look at those sorts of things and then come up with, okay, yes, we can afford this person. No, we can't afford this person. So if we can afford them, great, let's go and put them on. If we can't afford them, then how do we tighten the belt or how do we manage our workflow or how do we manage our operations without that extra person what's our milestone to be able to say, good, we are going to just flick the switch on a new person. So that might be three months or six months down the track or when we hit this turnover figure or when we hit this utilisation rate or when we hit this average spend or whatever the number might be. But I'll sit down and work through that with clients and then um, have a talk to them about that.
0: So what's the average time that we're looking at from when someone realises we need help yes, to when they can start to see something happening and an improvement to where they want to be. I know it's continuing yep. but the yeah. park.
1: So it's um, – that would depend on what the issue is. So if, it, if it's a people issue, you could normally see that pretty quick because it's um, – so, you know, an, an example of a business, um, I was brought in to address some people issues. So, that you know, I got a referral to a particular business. Um, look, we've got some team issues. Um, here's what they are um do you think it can help us i said yep i think it's pretty easy um so uh, was it or famous last words <laughs> uh, no it, it was pretty easy <laughs> oh, um it was a it was a you know a, a simple performance issue but the business owner didn't have the confidence or the skill to be able to have the chat to the employee to say thanks you're finishing up it was that simple mm. yeah and it was you know documented performance issues, but how do I go that next step? I don't want to go that next step. I'm too uncomfortable to go that next step. And that's part of what my role is in a business, is to do that uncomfortable stuff that people don't want to do. Mm. Um, and I'm beside people to help them do that in their business. So th- so how quick can you see things happen? Pretty quick in a situation like that. Um, uh, so, you know, that's literally weeks. Um, that was... Two and a half years ago, with that particular client that I'm still working with, so there's always stuff to be working on in business, and um, you know it's a continual process. We've recruited, we've we've refilled that role. We've recruited another two people into the business. We've got another person starting next week. We've just won a major contract for a million dollars per year. Um, you know, and and and.
0: But by moving that person on, uh, it probably frees up and improves the culture across the board
1: it's amazing when you get an underperforming team member out of a business, how um, it unblocks the rest of the business. It just allows the business to flow. And the classic things I hear is, oh, gee, it's so much nicer around here since, you know, Suzanne's left the business, um, hypothetically. Um, so, yeah, so, so that's, you know, so that, that, that's what you normally hear. And I, and I say to people now, so now that we're going to go and bring a new person into the business, what are we not going to tolerate? We're not, yes. we're not going to tolerate mediocrity. We're not going to tolerate not having a tough discussion. We're not going to tolerate performance, not you know, doing a performance management. We're not going to tolerate letting standards slide by that are you know the company standards. We're going to address this stuff. And if you address that stuff upfront so that people know what the expectation is, it's pretty easy. A bit of retrofitting back to some of the, you know, the older employees um, is slightly different, but, again, it's a process. We're on a journey here. You know, do you want to come along for the journey or do you not? Mm. And what, what's your fears around what this journey is? So that's, that's one example. So you can see those sorts of things pretty quick. Financially, financially. Um, uh, if you've got a, uh, if you've got a business, uh, so normally when I get invited into a business or referred into a business, uh, most business owners are pretty upfront. They say, "Listen, uh, we think we're in it, uh, and we think we're in it pretty deep. Um, I don't think we're making money. We don't know whether we're making money or not. Do you think it can help us?" So I say, "Well, look, let's open up your file and let's open up Zero or Myob or whatever your, your program might be. Let's jump in and have a look and see what we've got." Um, at that particular point You can say well you know Do you know how to read a profit and loss Not, not telling you how to suck eggs But do you know how to read a profit and loss And you know how familiar or comfortable are you with numbers I don't like the numbers I've never looked at this report before I've never seen it You go okay radio. Now I know where we're up to And then you know you'll have a look So an example of a business I got called into Referred to by a bookkeeper Um uh Knew, knew that they had a really good business, but were' bleeding hundred dollar bills everywhere. and um, you know it, it it had a negative and a big number in front of it for for a 12 month period. and they said we, we, we know something's not right, but we just don't know what it is. So in 12 months we took them from a minus hundred thousand plus dollar loss to a three hundred and fifty four thousand dollar profit. Wow, <laughs> well, it's Impressive. about well, well, that's a really good story. They're not always that fantastic. Um, this I've got plenty more of those out there, but it, but it's a case of well, what's you know? It depends on what the issue is. When it comes back to listen, we're just unorganised. So that took six months. So we had six months of um, within two months we'd stopped the losses. The next two months we'd made a small profit, and then the next six months after that we started making some serious cash back in the business.
0: But I think you made a good point too that happens across all businesses that sometimes opening the file, yep. opening something and actually looking what's yep. in front of you. You said numbers don't lie. So it's probably, you know, owning the business and taking control of that too. Yep. No so excuses.
1: So that's, that's you know, the blame. Oh, well, the accountant mm. should be telling me this. Yes. Is, is the classic blame, finger-pointing exercise that a business owner who's losing money does why didn't they tell me i was losing money um well i'm just i'm just a sparky i'm not meant to know how to run a damn business is the excuse that i would hear and on one particular occasion about 15 years ago it would have yeah it would have been about 15 years ago i had a client sit in front of me and um i no names no pack drills but i said so you're making money or not he says i'm turning over five and a half mil I said, fantastic. Jeez, that's a good number. I said, so can you tell me how much you're making? He says, we're making bloody good money. We're going along really well, Dale. (laughs) I said, well, do you mind if I just verify that, please? He says, well, where do I do that? (laughs) And I said, well, we're going to have to have a look at a file and we're going to have to have a look at your financials. Well, I don't ever do that. My turnover's great. I'm turning over five and a half mil. So we open up his computer and he's losing over $300,000 so cash flow is fantastic. He's about to go to the wall, but that's fine. So we got him out of it That's you know, we worked our way through it But if you don't look at the numbers and have got your head in the sand or are in denial, you cannot do anything You've got to say good. I'm in it um, I need to do something. Let's go. I've just started work with a, you know, a brand new client referred to me um, I walked in the door We've got a good business. We're going backwards we've been in denial for however long, you know, the last six months, 12 months, we just want you to help us. I said, well, you've just done the first thing is actually admit that you've not been doing something right and that you need a help. So let's have a look at where you're up to and how deep it is, and then we'll work out what we can or can't do. So, you know, very quickly, so this is the only business I've been working with for a couple of months, but very quickly we've got them thinking about being a nice business owner and making no money to being a business owner that needs to make money and needs to make profit. So, um, you know, um, it's one thing to be really nice and it's another thing, you know, you've got to make money. There's no, if you want to just survive, get a job. If you, it's real simple. You you don't go into into business to make 30 grand a year or 40 grand a year or 50 grand a year. Um, You go into business to make some serious money so when i hear a business owner say oh listen we can't put our prices up because you know our customers will say that we're you know we're charging too much i'll say well you know when you go broke do you think they're going to care about you (laughs) of course of course they're not so you know you've got to have that reality check of so you know do you take ownership for making no money well good on you yes you have are you going to be Accountable and put some prices up and you know take the responsibility of doing it and just you know copping a couple of hits on the chin But you know, let's see how many people have a whinge about your pricing And you'll still be there next week next month and the year after if you make some of these tough decisions So that's some of those confronting discussions. You've got to have about well, you know, how long can you survive making no money? but also
0: valuing what they're doing as well. Because yeah. if they're not putting their yeah. prices up, they don't believe that they're worthy yeah. of the next step. Yeah. They're
1: not valuing themselves as a mm. business owner. And that's part of that business mindset of, you know, um, I've got into this business to, you know, potentially make money. A lot of it's really interesting when you start having a talk with business owners. And one of the first things I do is sit down with business owners for about half a day and just go through the whole business. But, you know, why did you get into business? What's your motivation? Mm-hmm. I've got to tell you, there's some fantastic stories. Of, of resilience, of anger, of I want to stick it up that guy because or that girl because I want to show them. You know, there's a lot of I want to show you that I can do this stuff out there and that's great motivator. You know, that, that's really good dissatisfaction. They are dissatisfied with you know, a boss that told them they'd never amount to anything or a teacher that says, you know, Cooch, you are useless. Um, you know, that's good motivator and that gets you out of bed most days. But
0: then it gets to a certain point, and that's when uh, they need to relook and reevaluate the business to move to that next step. If they're not, if that motivation,
1: yep, yeah. So, so motivation can get you so far. Mm. Skill, knowledge will get you the next bit, and bringing in experts when required. Yeah, that that's part of it too. Or getting getting the getting using getting resources when you when you need to get resources. Being humble enough to say I don't know and saying let me find someone who does let me bring in someone else who can so you know my role in business is you know I consider it a privilege to be invited into a business for a business owner to say to me Dale I want to work with you and I want you to help me in my business it's a privilege Um, I'm a behind the scenes guy I'm not looking for any accolades I just want to see business owners have really successful businesses because I know how damn hard these buggers work and I know that they deserve more and most of them can get more, they're just not quite sure how. And it's just so again, big problem. Small change. Massive result. I you know, I didn't implement forty seven things to get a three or four hundred thousand dollar turnaround in a business. You know, I just did three or four things, the basics Know what the numbers are. Look at productivity. Look at the profitable jobs versus the unprofitable jobs. Don't do the unprofitable. Do more of the profitable. It ain't rocket science, but it's just about looking at the numbers and letting the data lead you. So, yeah, I've probably gone on long enough on that no, one.
0: I think I really
1: like numbers don't lie. Uh, numbers don't lie. Thank yep. you, Dale. Uh, and that's, that's the mirror. <laughs>